Good day, everyone. This is Matt with A Cup of Freedom. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Today is a day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice in it. We're drinking a really good cup of coffee, and we're sharing about the freedom that we have in Christ. That's what we do. We drink coffee and we talk Jesus. And so thank you for joining us today. I've been doing a couple episodes on on desire, and I wanted to just unpack a little bit more today on this because ultimately desire... Uh, the thirst of the soul, I've been calling it, how that we have this hunger and this thirst that's meant to be uh, lived from an inside out where the Spirit of God in us has already quenched our thirst and filled us uh, from our hunger spiritually, but yet we're still directing our souls outward to look for something outside of the Spirit of God in us to fill certain needs. Okay, And it's important to understand desire and the fact that actually Scripture uh, talks doesn't always talk about desire in what we would think as a positive or a uh, godly way. Uh, there's oftentimes where desire is used for you know where it says things like uh, don't go after the desires of the flesh or don't go don't go after the desires of the world or 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 you know again like the flesh. So it's it's obviously saying that there there can be this desire that can be wrong, that can be sinful, that can be not an expression of the life of Christ in us. And, and what that really shows us then is that basically this thirst of the soul, this, 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 this desire that we sometimes have, is not always looking to walk by the Spirit, is not always looking to, um, to be fulfilled or filled uh, to drink from the living water that we have in Christ in us. And so that we talked about the springs of living water, right? Jesus describes himself as that. He's the bread of life, the springs of living water. But what do we, what do we mean by that? What, is, what does he mean by that? And I, I think, I, I contend that few make the connection, few Christians I'm talking about, make the connection between this thirst that Jesus talks about, this hunger that Jesus talks about, and actually their desires or the, the third the, and, and their relationship with Christ. They think, well, I'm hungry. I just need to go get a donut. Uh, I'm thirsty. <laughs> I just need to go have a beer. Uh, I am, am horny. I just need to go have sex. So it's, it's drawing this physical, okay, to the spiritual. And what happens is, is that if we seek, if we seek to get something met on the physical level that can only be obtained or met on the spiritual level, we're going to set ourselves up for bondage. In other words, if I only, if I can only be satisfied uh, by going to get that beer or that drink or that, and again, I'm not saying these things are wrong in and of themselves, but if I'm going to, what's this use pornography, right? If I'm going to get, I'm going to use that on a physical level to meet a need just because I'm feeling horny and I want sex, then I'm going to something on a physical level which can only be obtained on a spiritual level. I'm going, I'm actually going to it thinking, thinking that I'm hungry and thirsty and I just need a drink or something to eat or, or, or sex when actually there's something deep within. The soul is crying out for something. So that's why I've called this dis, uh, discovering a deeper desire because the desires of our soul, again, are meant to. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's, he's talking about drinking from the wellspring of his life, which is in us. And I, I think that's why few make that connection between what God has already provided by his life in us. That's the springs of living water, the bread of life is him, and then all these other desires and hungers and thirsts in our soul that we are get we get confused about it quite honestly. 
And so, and, 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 you know, if we're honest, we, we've kind of, the response that Christianity in some ways has given us is kind of a, well, God, if you do this and you stay committed and you do all the right things and you keep your de- desires in line with God, well, then you're going to be fortunate enough. And, and you know, if you're well-mannered enough, then you're going to kind of qualify and you're going to be able to, to kind of make things work. And you're, your life's going to be pretty pleasurable and you're going to have a lot of comforts and you're going to, you're going to have a lot of, <laughs> a lot of things that are going to be, but, but, but the thing about it is, is that this is not really what Jesus is promising. This abundant life that he talks about is not necessarily enjoyable relationships, rewarding careers, pleasurable activities. Of course, it doesn't mean those are wrong, but that's not the bubbling, this bubbling wellspring of life that Jesus is talking about. Is that possibly different? <laughs> I think it is. is. Is it possible to have a rich wellspring of life and, and trusting his life in you? And you've got a you've got a struggling marriage. You've got a career that may not be rewarding. You're not making maybe the money you thought you were going to make. Maybe your children are have been rebellious. Maybe you've got a lot of struggles in your life. Is it possible to enjoy the wellspring of the living water of God in us when uh, when your son is rebelling and, and going off and doing whatever, uh, or your daughter is uh, totally rebellious toward you, and you've you've got these relationships and these hardships in life? Uh, is 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 that what God's talking about? And I, I'm, again, that's where I'm going to go with desire today. Is that uh, the good desire, the good longing? I'm going to draw the, the the intersection between desire and longing in a good way. Is that our souls are thirsty for what we already have in Christ? He's met our deepest needs, but we don't know it. And that's why I say few make the connection between the thirst of the soul. Uh, this and our desires, thirst and desire going together, and our relationship with Christ. Why are we so out of touch with it? And that's where I think the the addiction um, persona comes out, the addictive lifestyle comes out, because number one, we don't recognize it. Number two, then it becomes just something where we go out and search for, for that uh, thirst, that desire to be met in whatever way uh, is possible. We demand it to be met. We disown, or, or we disown it, or we, and we talked about that in the last episode. So I would encourage you to catch, you know, catch up with that. But every every single sinful behavior activity, I contend, is rooted in a lie, and the and and it. But here's the thing: it's actually, it's actually also rooted in a in a God given longing for Him, for life in Him. We're looking for life. We're looking for love in all the wrong places. So it's a legitimate. It's a legitimate. Desire. It's a legitimate longing. Okay, we talked about last time. It's not the desire that's wrong. It's what we do with it. A legitimate God-given longing for Him, for His life in us, for His unconditional love, for His freedom, for His peace, for His all of those. Right. Every sin says, "I, I, I don't want that. I'm going to reject that. That's not really life to me." That's what Eve did in the beginning. Right. I mean, we can look. We can look to what Eve did. Eve chose life apart from God. Now the phys- so let's let's th- let's make the connection here, right? The physical level, she was presented with the fruit that was looked good. It looked good, so there's the physical. It looked good. It stirred her emotions. It probably smelled good. All the senses were were, were getting there, right? All of that was 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 there, and yet in the moment, and she knew already. Here's the other part of it. She knew that uh, she knew that the goodness of God. She had already tasted the goodness of God. She had she already knew that it was that it was he was good. 
And yet here's what happened. If we read, I'm, I like the message uh, translation of this in Genesis 3, 4 through 6. I would encourage you to go through this, but the message translation, right, is... is uh, is is the deception is what the it's what the serpent told Eve and says this the serpent told the woman you won't die God knows that the moment you eat from that tree you'll see what's really going on you'll be just like God knowing everything ranging all the way from good to evil when the woman saw that the tree looked like good eating there's the physical right and realized what she would get out of it she'd know everything she took and ate the fruit and then gave some to her husband and he ate. Okay, so look at this. This is not because Eve was just particularly weak that day. She, you know, maybe even not, maybe that she was even that physically hungry, right? Or she didn't have, maybe she, it wasn't because she didn't have her time with God that morning or didn't do all the religious things. No, the lie was God is really not your life. God is really not all that good. He's not telling you the truth. And so the deception was there. He didn't make Eve do it. She still chose. She began to question it. She began to question, well, is this life, is this wellspring of living water that I already have really all that great, really all that good? And so she, she began to question who God was. That's, that's the core of all sin is to choose a life, choose life apart from God. It's to choose life apart from God is to say, you know what? I know what I have in you. Uh, maybe I know it. I really probably don't know it, but I'm going to go ahead and choose to um, to reject that. I've got it from here. I've got it figured out. I'm going to get life in some other way. And so, so we, <laughs> I think that's that's part of it is that we don't really know the goodness and the fullness of the wellspring of life within us, and that's where all sin is rooted. It's in the lie. It's in the lie that this other thing is going to actually give it to me. The fruit on the tree is going to give it to me because guess what? I'm going to know everything. I'm going to get that pleasure out of it. So we connect the physical temptation of pornography or food or whatever that may be to draw us to something that God is saying, this is a spiritual condition of your soul. So on the physical level, it tasted good to her, but it, it, it the, the, the lie was that it promised something else beyond the physical because the, the enemy doesn't tell her to eat the food because it's just, it's just a good piece of food. He tells her to do it because then she'll know everything. He was promising to her a satisfaction on a soul level that only God could provide and already was providing it for her. See, that's the, that's the thing we don't understand about the Adam and Eve narrative is that they already had it. And I've talked to you about this a lot on this podcast, is knowing what we already have. And so they, they on the physical level, it tasted good, but it promised some kind of satisfaction to her soul. Her heart was hungering, not thinking of a physical hunger, hungering for life and thinking that then the serpent comes in, tells her, tells, gives her a bill of goods, tells her, yeah, you, it's not really what God meant, wasn't really trustworthy. You can't really trust that. And then what does she do? She chooses life. Apart from God, sin always promises something apart from God. Porn constantly promises to be to meet those deepest desires and longings. That's why it's so so such a stronghold because it, it promises a whole lot and at, and at first it maybe even thinks it provides it and, and, it's, and it says and even it even presents it itself without a cost, right We don't even think about the costs. don't even think about the costs and and yet, wow. I mean, it's it's this it's this longing of the soul. It's this it's this uh, inner inner part of our soul. It's desiring for life, for life in Him, for acceptance, for for the thirst of the soul is there. And so we don't make that connection. 
why are we so out of touch with our desires? Because because we think they can be met in something else. We've drowned them out for so long. We've either stuffed them or demanded them. And that's where that's where lust comes in. And lust is is desire gone mad. I like that definition. Dr. Dan Allender has given that def- definition. Uh, I love reading some of his stuff about about lust and desire because the, he he draws the distinction between the two is Desire is God-given and healthy, although, yes, there are some desires that the word desire used in Scripture is, can also be, be not healthy, but he uses the word desire in a healthy way, and then lust then is the result of disordered or demanded desire. In other words, the, so the disordered is, well, I'm going to place it in this. The desire I have is God-given, but I'm going to put it over here in this a person, a relationship, or whatever, the demanded desire then becomes, I must have relief from the pain of this unmet thirst. And so we, we become consumers. That's the demand of it. That's the, that's the person that has the addiction. That's the person that has, you know, has all that. So, so again, what is, I want to go back and I want to kind of make it shorter today and end on this, but, but what is, what is the spring of living water? He's promising this. That all who come, why, why, why do so many sincere Christians who are kind of looking for the better life, looking for for the pleasurable life, looking for all this, why are they why are they so convinced that they can find it? And I believe it's the same lie that the enemy told told Eve in the beginning. It's the same lie that we've believed about ourselves and about our identity and about the fact that we're not really free. The fact that we still are missing something or we're lacking something or we have to do something in order for God to produce in us. And we don't really understand that we've been made complete in Him. We've been, we have the fullness of Him that's living in us. We don't understand that. I didn't understand it. That the fullness, all of Christ's life is dwelling within us. But I'm convinced that this, this transformation can happen from the inside out, that we can actually get back in touch if you will with our longings with our desires with what our th- or souls are thirsty for we can get back in touch with that and then realize that those are god-given desires they're god-given longings and yet in some ways we've misplaced them we've demanded them we've we've turned them into something that we must have from outside it's the innermost being that god is talking about the spiritual life that we already have. And and yet and yet we go to something so much less. We go to something so much less to demand to get to get to demand that a need get met when when God's simply saying I've met it at the deepest core of who you are. I've met it at the deepest core of who you are. And that's where the allure of sexual sin comes in because we're looking again to the physical pleasure Body, our body seeking and experiencing this pleasure towards something that you know, towards something that we can't see at the spiritual, we can't touch, we can't even comprehend it. This truth is really, really profound. If we seek on the physical level what can only be obtained on the spiritual, we're going to be we're setting ourselves up for bondage, setting ourselves up for bondage, and. And that's what it is, right? It's the it's the the sexual arousal then becomes this accumulation of of our of these soul thirsts, these unconscious beliefs that we're not even aware of, the, our past experiences, and we so we've sexualized them. 
And so what it is, is the way that we actually become sexually aroused is a reflection of what's happening in our soul. It's a reflection of the thirst of the soul. We don't even make the connection. We just think that we want sex, and we want to look at porn, or we want whatever, and that's, and we're not even in touch and in tune with, with either the demandedness of our soul or the fact that we've totally just stuffed everything in our soul at all. And so... Um, we, we've chosen life apart from God, but I want to give you some hope here in the end is that these longings are actually not something that we have to try to get rid of or stuff or, or any of that. The longings really are have been met in the deepest way. We're going to unpack this more next week, but they've been, they've been met in the deepest way through the life of Christ in us, that we are fully complete. Christ as our life means that He has already provided all of your needs— deep spiritual needs of love, unconditional love, uh, acceptance, and worth. Those are kind of the three that I kind of put in there. He's, he's, he's given it to you. He now supplies it to you for your daily life. So not only was that a salvation, but for your daily life is, now what are your needs? Okay, well, what are your longings? Your longings are for still, still for unconditional love, still for worth and value, and we've got to admit that we've looked in other places. We've looked in all the wrong places for those needs to be met when Jesus is simply saying, I'm the wellspring of living water. I've met those needs. Trust me. I've met those deep longings in you. Now the day-to-day life is to continue to depend and trust on the life you already have. Sure, he gives us free will. He gave Adam and Eve free will. That's because he gave it to him because real love has to be chosen. Real life has to be chosen. Eve chose life apart from God, but real real life, experienced real life, is not real unless it's chosen. And God dignified us with the human beings with the ability to choose, the freedom to choose, to choose life in Him or life apart from Him. That's, that's real life. Forced, if it's forced or manufactured, it's not real. It's forced. It's manufactured. It's robotic. And that's, that's, that's what I want to end with today, is that you have it. Believer in Christ, you have it. You have. He's supplied the needs. He's provided all of it. Now, enjoy it. Believe that it's true. Trust that it's true. And then walk in it. You can choose to live from the full supply and free gift of His life in you. And if your soul is really thirsty today... Don't drink the salt water of what the world's going to offer you. Drink the freshness of the living water that's inside of you. Because it really will quench your soul. Make that connection. Think about the fact that what are you looking for outside of what you already have? Why are you out of touch with your desire? Because you maybe never even thought of it that way. And so we're going to go in to talk about this next week, these longings that we have. And, and there's kind of three different ways I'm going to kind of approach this. I'm going to probably do three episodes next week if I, if I can. So stay with me. But I want to encourage you with that. He has met the deepest desires of your life. Choose that today. Walk in that today because He has supplied all of your needs in Christ Jesus. That is your hope. That is your freedom. 
Well, thank you so much for listening today on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Please reach out to us if you'd like to pursue one-on-one coaching. Uh, If you have any questions, any prayer requests, anything that you would like to encourage us with or reach out for, we'd love to come alongside you and walk with you in your own freedom journey. And as we say here on this podcast, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time.